Boop. The record button has been pressed. It has been booped thoroughly. Woo. The booping. <coughs> Excuse me. We're back. Yes. Well, to I all mean, of you, it might seem like only a week or two weeks has passed, depending on our upload schedule. But realistically, it has been an entire holiday season. Yes, we're in the new year. We're in 2019 now. Um, yes, everything's different. We're all dressed like we're in Blade Runner because that happened in 2019. True. So, so it is. There's this leather onesie going on. It's weird. <laughs> leather onesie. Oh my god. Um, These three clamshells. It has been a little while. I actually had to go back and read my notes before I start and be like, where are we in the story? Yeah. Oh, yes. Right. I remember. I, I legitimately rewatched the previous episode. I, I rewatched uh, The Chase just to be like, oh, right. That was what we did last time. Yeah. And uh, here we are at, uh, if I may say, uh, chapter, uh, well, book two, episode nine or 29 for the whole season. I forget what number we've been using to describe episodes. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're there. Uh, I think this is about the halfway point of the series that we get to uh, today. So that's kind of cool. Uh, oh yeah, true. Yeah, it's twenty episodes. You're right. So this is this is episodes nine and ten. Yeah. So I will I will read the uh, very short description. It is. So it's episode. Uh, sorry, uh, book two, episode nine. Bitter work. Ang tries to learn earthbending from Toph despite interference from his previous airbending training. Sokka becomes stuck in a hole after trying to hunt an animal. Elsewhere, Iroh teaches Zuko how to redirect lightning so he could he will be more. So he will be a more capable threat against Azula. It is a weird sentence. Yeah. Uh, so just in this description, I can point out, I kind of love just the summary of Sokka becomes stuck in a hole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, Yay, is, Sokka. he is in the hole for most of the episode. So... Yeah, and I feel like, I feel like he almost wants to be more, like, mysterious. Like, why is this hole here? Why is it happening? How is it, like, absorbing him more? And it's like, no, no, it's just a hole in a cute animal. And also the baby saber-tooth uh, moose... That is the cutest thing ever. It is. Um, I didn't write a whole lot of notes for this episode because they generally stay in the same place. They don't. They don't leave the yeah. immediate area they're in. It's a. It's an important episode, nonetheless, because Aang obviously starts his earth bending. The one thing I thought was interesting is it's another episode where there's a parallel between Aang and Zuka. They mm-hmm. both learn a new Aang learning an entire entire new branch of bending, and Zuko obviously learning. Uh, a new skill, but also learning a bit of the four nations, how they can interact, how... I mean, even to be very blatant, I mean, we get the direct parallel of how earthbending is the direct opposite of airbending, and then we learn this new technique that Zuko's practicing, the, the lightning redirection, is based off waterbending. Yeah. We literally get all four elements, and more specifically, two elements that normally would clash melding together. That's it. That's it, and it's, it, you know, I think this one shows a bit more of the philosophical side behind bending and sort of the, mm-hmm. the, the, the values. and So obviously Aang, right, with his earth bending, the idea behind earth bending, Toph says it many times, is you have to face things straight on. There's no alternate path, there's no sort of getting around things, you go through, which is mm-hmm. the exact, op- exactly, it's the exact opposite of what he's used to. And with Zuko, right, with the the lightning and with the versus sorry, the fire bending versus the water bending. Water bending it seems to be based very much on flow. Whereas yeah, I think so using your chi to let it flow through you. Yeah, and I think fire bending, at least the way that many people use it, is based off of spurts. It's mm-hmm. it's it's you know 
every sudden burst and and attack has a new burst of fire whereas water it it flows i'm trying to maybe i'm reaching a bit on that one but no i I think i think it does make sense it kind of it really is uh and i feel like iroh explains it really well when he's drawing all the symbols for all the different elements and explaining a bit of how their movements work how it's based off the flow how it's based off you know being sturdy how it's based off you know uh your emotions like they all come from a different thing that can and not antithesize, but like basically play the the opposite to the what it normally is. Yeah, like one is a outburst of emotion, a like creating something from nothing, fire bending versus water bendings, taking what's already there and moving it around you and flowing within it. Exactly, that's it, that's it. And then again, going back to the earth versus air, you know, earth, you're grounded, you are you are strong, you are direct, whereas with the air you're sort of again you're you're sort of flowing but you know you're you're dancing you're around moving. you're it's, moving it's, it is like a fluid is not the term to use with uh, with water bending more specifically but it is a the idea that the air is all around you it's constantly in motion so you're constantly in motion you're moving with it versus earth bending where you have to be sturdy you have to pull it up with you and you have to like become as hard as it is exactly um, but going more deeper into what specifically happens in the episode, obviously we see that after Zuko and Iroh got, went their separate ways, Zuko stayed with Iroh after he got attacked by Azula. He made him some tea. He tried to make him some tea. <laughs> <laughs> the entire, the, the entire like three moments there. I, I love to just point out how well it, d- d- it gives you a great montage of them. Is the really sad moment uh when iroh's passed out having the flashback to his passed away son yeah uh and it's like all sad iroh and then it's the making tea for iroh and the laugh at how bad the tea is funny iroh and then we have the making tea for um zuko and saying we're gonna be like focused and zen and inward yeah and he's like oh we're having tea and that's another one of those iroh being serious but secretly being funny moments it's like oh yeah good and point. then he gets and then we get like down to earth Iroh with the line about Azula she's crazy and she needs to go down yeah like just <laughs> harsh like damn Iroh we get the full rainbow of Iroh this episode and it's wonderful yeah in, in a short period of time also um mm-hmm. and then we go back to Aang right he's doing his training montage he's starting to get the hang of earth bending and that's when Sokka gets caught trying to hunt uh, the little saber tooth Sabertooth mouse. Sabertooth moose. Moose. Lion. Yeah, something like that. I I should have written it down because it was such a long name. But he gets caught. And, you know, you get some comedy with with Sokka also being like, "Uh, if I get out of this hole, I will not have meat or sarcasm. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be vegetarian, straight talking Sokka. Yeah, just just strangely self aware uh, for Sokka. I also really love when he throws the boomerang to get the apple, like the way you would in a video game where the boomerang would pick it up and bring it back to you, which clearly it won't do here. Yeah. And he just like lobs it and he's like, now back to me, boomerang. Like he actually thinks it might work. (laughs) It's just so well, it's so Sokka and I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice moment. It's, uh, it's good. Like I said, there's not a whole lot of like, I don't know how to describe it. I didn't write a lot of notes for this episode. No, neither did I. I mean, really, the the things I had left were just pointing out um, how strange the whole subplot with Sokka was, like how much they put into it for how little it paid off. And I mean, the payoff is huge. The payoff is, uh, and it only occurred to me now to think of this, uh, I brought it up before how they have this really good strategy of 
trying to explain something mm-hmm. in this case you know standing your ground against the boulder and then not being able to do that per se yeah and then given another situation with a very similar situation so in this case the standing your ground against the uh saber tooth moose lion but he you know now he has to do it not no not like do what i'm training you have to do it to save your friend so he learns how to be you know stand up to it well exactly Exactly. So I think I think the first time I brought that up was also when he used the when he was training over water bending and he did um yeah I think it was like really early on when he's riding the uh, giant sea serpent and using it to spray water to defeat the Fire Nation. Oh yeah. Of like taking a lesson from the episode and literally applying it. Well, that's it. That's it. And obviously, you know, again the parallels continue between Aang and Zuko. Aang is improving. Zuko is doing the sort of the flowy motion with with the arms and the, the stomach mm-hmm. and the the chi and, and it gets to a point where Zuko's like okay let's find some lightning let's do it and I was yeah like, I'm ready try throw some lightning at me and then just what no I'm not gonna <laughs> hit you with lightning what are you crazy I think it still shows that Zuko has a lot of growing to do um, just personally right mm-hmm. he still is considering it okay this is an attack this this move that he's being taught is not an attack. It's not meant to be an attack yeah, at all. It's Iroh puts it very well. I'm ho- this is a technique I hope you should never have to use. Yeah, it's it's one of those like the in a life and death situation of you being struck by lightning. Here's a way to avoid it. But I hope you never get struck by lightning and need to use this. Yeah, but Zuko immediately sees this as okay. Well, Azula doesn't know this move. This is an advantage I have. I'm going to use this against her. I'm going to use this as an aggressive like attack. And mm-hmm. so naturally, when Ira refuses to shoot lightning at him, he goes off again and tries as best he can to scream at the stormy sky. Naturally, the lightning doesn't come. And, uh, you know, you just get angsty Zuko for a little bit. <laughs> and you see just how desperate he is to try and get stronger. Yeah, I th- or, or I think for him, it's just the idea that if he can reflect the lightning... Then, he, then in his heart he'll be able to say, yes, I can beat her finally. Mm-hmm. But not being able to physically test it himself, there's still that level of, like, will it work? Am I wasting my time? Well, exactly. And he so is desperate to, in his mind, become stronger. I think he associates doing this with a sign of strength. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the feelings of turmoil that were brought up, is that I think Iroh is still alluding to the fact that Zuko still feels that loyalty to his father and to the Fire Nation, but maybe that's not his path and not his destiny, and Zuko doesn't, I think, completely realize that yet. Just, you know, the, yeah. the wisdom of Iroh, all-knowing, uh, already ready for, you know, the inevitable payoff that's going to come down the line. Yeah. No, the only thing I would bring up in this episode is um, just a lot of love for Iroh. Like, again, it just, it's just another episode that really reiterates how good of a character he is. Mm-hmm. It's... Like, he's well-written, he's diverse, he's fun, he can be serious. Uh, he's just, like, a great, well-written character. Uh, his voice acting, his talent, everything about him is amazing. Like, I'm learning that I think in book one, he is my... In, in series one, he might be my favorite character. Yeah, he's really well-written. He is a very fleshed-out character. It's fun to watch him. Um... Mm-hmm. And yeah, obviously at the end of the episode, Aang does Earthbend. And... Yeah, we have that cute little moment where Sokka tries to be all like, yeah, and I, after all of this, I really learned, hey, Katara, look what I can do. Push a rock. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, it, weirdly, like, I kind of don't know what Sakura was going to say. Also, I didn't write it down either. I'm hoping maybe you did. What did he name the cute little animal again? Oh my god, it was something like... Princess Fluffy Bottom the Third or something? Yeah, something like that. I'm sh- if anyone's listening and remembers the name, just feel free to... I just thought it was such a wonderful moment of like, so add a character for Sokka to name it, let alone give it such a stupid name, <laughs> and then like legitimately introduce it to Aang, like, oh, this is my new friend, Princess Fluffy Bottom the Third. Yeah. Okay, just accepted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, that brings us to the close of a very, a very cute and good episode. Again, like, to do the episode summary we tend to do. Yeah. I like it. Not, definitely not a skippable one. Earthbending is important. And I think, again, as much as the earthbending aspect was very important and how they got there was well done, I think the Zuko side of the story might be more important this time. To an extent. I think one thing we learn about Aang is that he sometimes gets defeated when he can't. Mm-hmm. He, I think as the Avatar, he's very... He won't admit it or, or say, you know... But I think he does expect things to come more naturally to him. Um, you know, waterbending, he definitely got the hang of a lot faster. And even in yeah. The Legend of Korra, they mention Aang had the most trouble learning earthbending. And so I think this, for him, was a big ch- Like, even firebending, he was doing it uh, in that one episode where he sort of met... Um... Oh, yeah, sure. We have, he's, he has firebended before. He's officially bent all four elements at this point. Yeah, exactly. He's mastered... Like, I think we can kind of say, like, I know she makes the comment in this episode of you've mastered waterbending. And I think for what he'll be able to do with waterbending in his natural state, he has more or less reached the pinnacle of waterbending. But now he really has to start. He's just, just, just started with earthbending. And we haven't even touched firebending minus the one episode where he swore off it almost. Yeah. And I think that's just a a part of Aang's character where... You know, and he's a kid, so it's normal. He reaches yeah. a challenge that seems to him at the time insurmountable. His instinct is to sort of get defeated. And I think maybe that's also the pressure that's, that he knows is building with, you know, having to defeat the Fire Lord. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we know Sozin's Comet is coming. We know that that is the day that they're going to strike and that's when they're going to be super powerful. Um, I think it's, you know, just he knows he needs to master earthbending and the fact that it's not coming as quickly as he wants it to or as maybe he needs it to it's tough but he does get the hang of it after at the end of the day this is a this is a very plot driven episode there's not a whole lot that we can bite off and and really go into detail on at least from my perspective i could be wrong again someone can someone can tweet at us or comment at us and say no are you kidding you missed this sure please please uh, let me know but mm-hmm. as far as I know, it's just Aang and Zuko trying to learn new things. They struggle a bit. They ultimately sort of... I mean, Aang more than Zuko, they ultimately succeed in the end. But there's still work to be done. And that's that's more or less it. Yeah. No, I think you've caught it up really well there. It really is just a... The episode had a goal in mind, which was the get Aang to Earthbend. They were able to develop a bit more on the Zuko side at the same time while having a nice little parallel moment, which again, I always feel is a great character driving force to help us realize that they're not so different. I mean, it is the classic Star Wars, we're not so different, you and I line. Yeah. Again, it's a cliche for a reason. It works and it works well here. Exactly. Um, But I genuinely got to say, I think our next episode is one of the... As much as it doesn't do too much for the plot, minus the one big, like, you know, thing it teaches. Yeah. is a very fun episode I'm excited to talk about. Yeah, it's an interesting one. So I'll read uh, I'll read the synopsis once again. It's book two, episode mm-hmm. ten, uh, The Library. So, a professor tells the gang about a spirit library full of information hidden in the Siwang Desert. 
Sokka decides to find the Desert Library in hopes of finding secrets and weaknesses about the Fire Nation. When the group arrives at the library, they find that much of the information on the Fire Nation has been destroyed. However, they still find crucial information about firebenders that could possibly end the war. Yeah, so at this point, with the exception of that piece of information they discover, it's otherwise a very fillery episode and kind of a fun episode and like a really fun one in my opinion. But it's it's a very nice way to package up a we want them to learn this fact. How do we make the episode really fun around it mm-hmm. without feeling like a like I kind of like I kind of just said about the previous episode. The goal was something very simple: Ang start to learn earthbending. How do we make a story around that that is kind of fun and like you know good? And you build in the Zuko storyline. You make the whole oh it's a struggle to learn learn a bit about Aang Aang figures it out it's kind of basic this is a very fun episode that stands really well when all they really needed to do was learn this one little itty bitty date yeah yeah exactly there's some fun lines I like uh, there's a couple at the beginning where so, so they're all taking mini vacations they're taking turns Katara went to the Oasis it was kind of a dud Sokka's like I want to spend my vacation at the library yeah, that's a really the animation on that scene. The the details really well done. Yeah, and then Toph naturally asks, like, "Okay, what's well, my turn?" And Sokka says, "You got to work here a little longer to qualify for vacation time." <laughs> that was another great one. I think another one of Toph's great lines is when they get to the library. Let me know if there's anything I can listen I, to. I wrote that exact same line down. I thought it was so. Wait, did Toph invent podcasting or audiobooks? <laughs> either way i think that's a line i did not catch until this this watch through so no she has two another good line she has two and they're riding up at the desert and she goes there it is yeah and everyone goes to look and see they just that's what it'll sound like when one of you spots it and then does the hand in front of her face thing yeah like reminder i'm blind i can't see anything up here yeah and they meet the professor we should mention the professor yes yes uh, at the very beginning we have this this oasis with this giant ice thing that has been destroyed over a hundred years. Yeah. We have some cool ice bowl drink things that this guy makes really cool with his swords. Yeah, they look tasty. And we meet a uh, we meet an anthropologist. Yes, an anthropologist at like uh, some university. Um, and he tells them about the library. He wants to find it. He's been unsuccessful so far. He's almost died a couple times because, you know, desert. Yeah. Um, but they finally make it because they use Appa. They fly... They find the top, they find it's been buried, and uh, those little fox guys sort yeah, of leave them inside. The, I love how there's like a moment of like, could that be a spirit like, as it's climbing up a wall completely vertically without any challenge? Like, yeah, yeah probably. maybe it is a spirit. <laughs> it's probably a spirit. <laughs> um, anyway, there's not a whole lot that happens until they get in the library. There's a little philosophical mm-hmm. thing. I actually, because it's it was Christmas recently, I just recently rewatched uh, uh, a lot of the Harry Potter movies, and a parallel theme that I drew, not that this is intentional probably, is like, yeah, we're going to be like Harry Potter. But uh, the idea of knowledge for its own sake, so the spirit mm-hmm. of the library, uh, Wan Chi Tong, says, you know, humans aren't allowed in here. They only use the library to find information that will harm other humans they're not mm-hmm. learning for the sake of learning and it you know in harry potter the same idea harry finds uh the philosopher's stone because he just wanted to find it and not use it or uh in the last movie he finds one of the horcruxes because the spirit who is guarding it said 
okay, you just want to use it. You don't, uh, sorry, you just want to find it and not use it to like gain something from it. So it's, again, it's yeah. sort of the idea of like leaving things alone and, and, and just gaining the knowledge for its own sake rather than gaining the knowledge to gain the advantage. Naturally, Sokka is like, no, no, we're here. Yeah, the uh, large amounts of lying and the terrible gift of knowledge he presents it. Uh, I also love how the anthropologists are kind of just like, oh, giant speaking spirit owl. Cool. Yeah. Like, he doesn't seem... Like, they've encountered spirits and they've seen how dangerous they can be and how cool they can be. But this research is just like, yeah, I'm, I, I expect this. Yeah, so they're still looking through and they find a bunch of books. And then one of the foxes actually leads them to a room... Mm-hmm. And they discover, which I I don't know about you. But I took to mean that like even like they were doing this to help Wayne. Uh, what's his name again? Sorry, Wan Chitong. The owl, Wan Chitong. We call him Wan from now on. Yeah, that's fine. Um, how essentially like yeah, they're helping Wan get all the knowledge because they want it as well. But they also see like almost in their own spiritual way. They see what Ang and the gang are trying to do and why. Yes, they're here to gain this kind of knowledge. But they have a reason to want this knowledge. They're not doing it for self-gain. They're doing it to better the world. And yes, it is a combat advantage that they're seeking, but not in a, I want to rule the world and I want to save the world and stop another combat from taking place. We also learned that the Fire Nation had been to the library before, which is probably why it is as buried as it is and had destroyed mm. a lot of information uh, again, little Plus history. The foxes kind of understand a bit more yeah. of why it's worth doing, like why the enemy of my enemy is my friend, you know, yeah. something like that. A little little history parallel, right? Library of Alexandria got mm-hmm. burned. A lot of the information got lost. Small little thing, but yeah. Um, yeah. So he leads him to the darkest day in Fire Nation history, which sort of obvious now that you think about it it's a solar eclipse right if if earth bend uh, waterbenders and firebenders are opposite and waterbenders yeah. draw strength from the moon firebenders obviously draw strength from a giant ball of fire in the sky that would make sense yeah that would that would tend to do it though that would so um yeah obviously we have the realization that uh if they were to go and go forward in the dates until Sozin's Comet they could eventually find the next solar eclipse and use it to their advantage which they and do <laughs> they get interrupted because a giant owl with a mm, bit of a anger complex says hey Scrum has sink this place yeah and uh decides to fight them which I think leads to a really cool moment with the whole uh, above ground with Toph we kind of get a bit more of her yeah uh, hard uh, you know, we, first of all we learned how kind of like the sand because it's so loose makes it hard for her to air quotes see mm-hmm. exactly so I think it's a very interesting angle to take like I, it didn't even occur to me like I was even wondering like shouldn't she be able to sense that like, I, I can remember how they find the temp, the library so I'm like are they just like not going to walk around and have her stand there and be like oh I could feel underground because it's this giant structure underground that I can see yeah but the idea that it's like she has to touch it to tell that it's empty and hollow and available versus the just feeling it beneath her feet because of the sand. That was a really cool, like, shows you, way to... Uh, yeah. It shows you how strong she is. She was holding up an entire library, or, or at least delaying it as much as she could. Uh, but of yeah. course, you know, that's when the sandbenders show up again and capture and Appa. To fight them is difficult because she can't see them well because of the handicap of standing on sand. Yeah, well, exactly. And it's... 
Uh, I remember this episode because it's kind of sad at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Appa's gone. Naturally, Aang and them, they, they barely escape the library. The professor stays, and he gets buried along with it. Um, I don't know if you realize that. Which I that. like, though. It's it's kind of a nice moment of, like... And I think it's, like, I'd love to see where that goes down the road and have a conversation about it. Like, you know, go back and meet him, like, still in there with the owl spirit. Um, Juan. And just sort of a moment of, like, wait, you chose to stay here even though I'm, like sealing this off in the world like you're what you're not gonna be able to use any of this knowledge and he goes no i just want to learn because i want to learn and that'll like quell his spiritual heart and set him free or something yeah he's like i could spend a lifetime in here so it's interesting interesting yeah i want to i i would have loved to have seen like the library return in the next series with this like old man still there and have it be a whole like yeah the spirit went back to the spirit world and left me the library and gave me like eternal life so i could sit here and read forever and like share the knowledge of the world forever yeah, oh, exactly. So it's interesting. That'd be, that'd be a cool... Yeah, I know. I'm just dreaming of a cool things to do, but... Yeah, no, I doubt... That, I don't think they ever come back to him. I think it's assumed either he is in there until he eventually just dies, which should be mm-hmm. sort of soon, unless he has food and water. Uh, or he uh, got caved in I, immediately with the sand. <laughs> I choose to believe that Juan took pity on him and his want for knowledge and saved him. Yeah. Again, maybe someone who's read the the comics afterwards knows if there's some follow up with him. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, no. I gotta Probably get a hold of those and read those eventually. Yeah, I'd like to read them eventually. The series, because uh, I think they're they're after the last Airbender, but before Korra, because it's still yeah. Because I know. Day. I think I think I brought it up last week. I had, a, I had a customer at work I was talking to about Avatar with, and she mentioned reading the one where Zuko goes out looking for his mother. Yes, yeah, that happens in the comics, exactly. And I think they're still making them, so it would be an interesting little follow-up to Maybe see. Maybe I'll find a, dig- a way to read them digitally, and we'll get a... We'll, we'll do it. We'll do, like, a one big comic recap episode. Yeah, yeah, that that would be an idea. Mm-hmm. But, um, again, I, again, this is a small episode for me. I didn't take too, too many notes. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I like the characters. I like the, the, the story. I like what they learn. I kind of like, again, one of those moments of, like, Sokka being brave and saying no like it's worth the risk let's like you guys get out of here I'm gonna go back with Aang and like find that day on the calendar and like come back like it's worth doing yeah well exactly exactly so I you know and obviously the Appa being kidnapped storyline that that goes on that goes on for a little bit and you get to a point where they're, they, they always seem so close and they're, they're like right mm. there and but uh, you know for now, you end off with Aang being really sad that uh, that Op is gone. And uh, yeah, and I think it's like the first time in a while we've really had an episode where like the ending really made you like I don't want to say cliffhanger, but like something happened in the world that was very permanent that didn't just feel like the next episode was starting fresh. Yeah, not like, everything got closed up. Uh, yeah, like in a lot of episodes, like the loose ends are more or less tied up unless it's a giant arcing story. But this is the first, like, mini-arc we get almost that spans an episode or two. I forget how long it takes before they get him back. Uh, I'm just looking at the uh, the synopses upcoming, and I, th- I think it lasts a few episodes at least. Um, yeah. There's even there's even an episode coming up that's just Appa's Lost Days, where you see what he's been up to <laughs> while he's yes, missing. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but anyway, that, that's to come later. Uh, yeah, this is a shorter podcast this uh, this week, and that's okay. There's, there wasn't... Yeah. A whole lot be to digest. Ones, especially with finales. And these are still good episodes. They're important episodes to the story. They're just very much focused on the plot. Uh, I think you know we're getting to the second half of this season, and that's when things start to 
start to ramp up a bit. Um, yeah, we'll have some more Azula action. We'll encounter Zuko some more. We'll yeah. learn more about something, I'm sure. And we'll have to go chase Appa. And we'll have a big climactic fight with Azula at the end. It'll be fun. Yeah, I think we finally get to Ba Sing Se soon enough, which will be cool. Yes, yes, I think we do. So uh, it's just going to start getting bigger. So I think the episodes will soon become plot-driven, but also there will be a lot more to, to discuss and to... Mm-hmm. But I think these past two episodes, I don't know if you agree with me, it was very much like, okay, this happens, then this happens, then this happens. Yeah, like both these episodes are really like, okay, we need them to learn fact A, fact B, fact C over the course of three episodes. How do we do that? Let's make a really fun episode or a really cool environment and then just like hide that nugget of knowledge in there somehow. Like, Yeah. Like, it would be so easy to find, like, a farmer who's been, like, tracking the sun and the moon for years and has this great calendar of knowledge and, like, oh, cool, now we know the next solar eclipse is. Like, finding, like, a piece of paper in the library that's nearly destroyed with a date on it and then finding a planetarium that can conveniently show us dates. Like, it's a really, like, complex way of getting to what is basically just a, what a farmer, basically a farmer's almanac could have told them. It's true. It's true. Like, and I assume there's enough people in the world who do farming enough to catch these trends. Like, if they know that Sozin's Comet passes every so many years, I'm sure someone's figured out how to predict when the next solar or lunar eclipse is. Oh, yeah, I imagine. I mean, they have universities. It's been established in this episode, so I imagine there are scholars and there are yeah. scientists. I mean, and heck, there are... what's, his, what's his name? The firebender who gets destroyed at the end of the first season, who we all hate. Zhao. Zhao. He even knew when the lunar eclipse was coming. Like, it's a fact he knew. Yeah. Exactly, he timed it. The Fire Nation knows when Sozin's Comet is coming. They're probably preparing for a big attack. I mean, they are preparing. Yeah, they for probably a big also know to like get themselves ready for the lunar, the solar eclipse. They probably already know it's coming and will be very def- like you know well defended for it. That's it. So there's definitely tracking. There's definitely a scientific. You know, there's definitely the the world of science exists and the world of you know astronomy exists. Uh, is it astronomy? That's not the horoscope one. Yeah, astronomy. Uh, no, or is astrology think, yes, the planets? Yes, astro- no, it's, no, it's astronomy. I had it right is like psychology, so it's all in yeah. your head versus You're astronomy, right. which is like biology, which is a physical thing. That's why I remember it always. Okay, well there you go. It's astronomy, so that that exists. Science, yeah, it's all there. Yeah. Anyways, it, despite the the need to get a piece of information across, they did it in a very fun, cool way. They introduced some interesting challenges and they introduced some interesting environments and characters and world building which were all fun yeah i mean if you missed these episodes and so had to just be recapped like oh what did i miss last week i was out of town i'm into the episode oh they figured they went to a library they found this date Appa got stolen oh and also ang can earthbend <laughs> sort of if you missed both episodes ang can also earthbend yeah. And Zuko learned how to deflect lightning, maybe. Maybe. We haven't seen it yet. <laughs> we haven't seen uh, him do it yet. So I'm crying on a mountain. Yeah. But I would watch him. <laughs> I would watch the episodes. Oh, yeah. No. That neither one is per se skippable. They're just, if you did happen to miss them, they're easy recaps. Exactly. Exactly. Although nowadays, right, with Netflix, we're lucky yeah. enough to be Canadian and have them available on Netflix. Yeah, no. The number of shows I miss on Netflix, I wish were coming back. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, anyway, so I think we'll cap it here. Yeah, I think it brings us to the end. We can do that usual bit where we thank our fans for listening and invite them to send us messages and stuff about things. Yeah, send us send us some feedback. If there's something we missed, if there's something you disagree about, if you want to just praise us and tell us how amazing we are, just 
Yeah, tweet we, at us. Uh, we have a. I'll set up one of those coffee things. You can just donate like twenty cents to us when you're bored. Yeah. 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 If you want to just buy us a buy us a nice oolong tea? Ooh, a nice oolong. Jasmine. Mm-hmm. I may go have some tea. I think I have jasmine tea upstairs. Maybe I should go have that afterwards. There you go. In all. But again, while while I'm having my jasmine tea, I'll be browsing Twitter under my alias at Boxless Thought, and you, my good sir, at at Ryan W. And you'll be sipping on what kind of tea while you browse? Green. Mm. My favorite. I'm not a big tea drinker, so green. Usually green. Yeah. <laughs> or mint. Yeah, mint tea is good, too. We, Yeah, we've been going through our collection, getting rid of a lot of the... I've been drinking all the sugary, caffeinated ones to try to get rid of them. Fair. I, I know that feeling. Um, yeah. But yeah, so send us feedback. We're always open. And again, because we're recording these so far in advance, if we do get enough feedback on previous episodes, we'll probably attach a little, like present day yes segment yeah that's that's probably what we should do just based on feedback yeah. that we get uh would be the best thing uh anyway we'll leave it at that thanks for thanks, thanks for, listening. for listening have a good whatever time of day it is where you are and we'll see you next time insert sign out catchphrase here <laughs>